Hello, and welcome to the JSGC Policy Podcast. Here at Joint State, we research policy topics within the Commonwealth, and then we discuss them in our podcast so that you can have an understanding of that policy issue, as well as what type of in-depth research and detail you'll find if you go to our website. Thanks for joining us. I'm here today with our executive director at Joint State, Glenn Passowitz. Hi, Susan. And also Brian DeWalt, who is our sound engineer and co-host. Glad to be back, Susan. And finally, we have Frank Lill here with us. Frank is the project manager for the House resolution that we will be discussing today. Hi, Susan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, Frank. Glenn, would you be willing to give us a little bit of information about House Resolution 142? Sure, Susan. Over the past several years, we've done reports on the shortages of healthcare professionals in different areas of mental and physical health. Reports included work on what can be done to resolve the shortage of mental health professionals, the shortage of primary care physicians, of bedside nurses, what Pennsylvania's medical schools can do to encourage medical students to go on to practice medicine in the state. And today's podcast is on our report for House Resolution 142, which takes a look at some of the problems around the state system of granting professional licenses to nurses. Graduates of nursing programs need to apply for authorization to take licensing exams, and nurses who are relocating to Pennsylvania from other states need to have Pennsylvania licenses. The state board is also responsible for allowing nurse education programs to make changes to their curricula. The system is characterized by lengthy delays that can take months to resolve. The consequence is that new nurses can't start working, experienced nurses can't resume working, and programs might find it difficult to keep up with accreditation standards, all of which are detrimental in a period of mounting shortages and was especially problematic at the height of the pandemic. Thanks, Glenn. Okay, before we go any further, Frank, would you be willing to give us a little bit of detail about this State Board of Nursing? So how long has it been around? What does it do? How does it impact Pennsylvania? Absolutely, Susan. More than 100 years ago, state governments began to establish individual boards of nursing to protect the public's health and welfare by overseeing and ensuring the safe practice of nursing. Currently, state boards regulate and oversee practice of nurses by enforcing the nursing laws of their state. Jurisdiction, board structures, decision-making powers, and authority are unique for every state. In Pennsylvania, we have a state board of nursing, which is a part of our Department of State. The general public may not have sufficient information to experience and identify unqualified healthcare providers, so a license is issued by a governmental entity which provides assurances to the public that a nurse has met predetermined standards. So, Frank, did you collaborate with any organizations to collect data for this report? Great question, Brian. As part of our research, we were directed to solicit input from organizations representing licensed nurses, representatives from nursing education programs and schools, representatives from hospitals and healthcare facilities, and representatives from the Bureau of Professional and Occupational Affairs, which like I mentioned earlier, is where the Board of Nursing is housed. What did you learn from these organizations? Well, the consensus was that processing times for nursing licenses were a lot longer than the posted times on the board's website. Beginning in early 2020, two retirements left a large institutional knowledge gap And there were issues early in the pandemic when staff transitioned to work remotely from home. 
A combination of those retirements of key personnel and the COVID-19 pandemic made it challenging for the board to keep up with the Commonwealth's caseload of nursing licenses and program revisions. So this leads us to the million dollar question, Frank. How long does it take to process and renew a nursing license in Pennsylvania? Well, the Pennsylvania State Board of Nursing has the nursing guide to provide transparency, inform applicants of expected timelines for receiving a license, and reduce mistakes and mitigate delay. According to their website, the licensing process times for an RN by examination is a total of 12 to 15 weeks. To obtain an RN license by endorsement, An applicant must already have obtained a license in another jurisdiction, and then that license process for endorsement is approximately 11 to 14 weeks. A renewal will be sent to the existing RN, and they will have to renew with the board, and that indicates on the website that it's about three calendar days for that type of renewal. However, commission staff, once they got into discussing this with the other organizations, we heard multiple examples of where it could take up to 15 weeks just to do the actual renewal as opposed to the three days and up to six months for many of the brand new licenses as opposed to the posted 12 to 15 weeks. Wow, so what kind of practical problems does the slowdown in this processing time cause for nurses? Well, Susan, I believe Glenn outlined some great points in the beginning, but one of the main keys is that it negatively affects the ability of nursing professionals to provide for their families, It incentivizes nurses to leave Pennsylvania for other states, and it really interferes with the healthcare provider's ability to provide care to their patients. Frank, how does the time it takes to process a Pennsylvania nursing license compare to other states? Oh, great question, Brian. In March 2022, NPR, which is an independent nonprofit media organization, They conducted an investigative examination of license applications for nurses who had recently graduated and those moving between the states. So it really was a perfect data set for the report that we were looking at. NPR asked every state board of nursing in the country for records when an applicant applied for their license and when that license was issued between the years of 2019 and 2021. They ended up receiving a clean data set from 30 states that contain more than 226,000 nursing records that when they were issued a new permanent license in 2021. So examining that data for LPNs applying by endorsement and exam, Pennsylvania had the longest wait times of any state with almost 126 days in the one category by endorsement and almost 111 days by exam. So Pennsylvania was last in both of those categories. We were the only state processing time with a median that exceeded 100 days on that list of states. So while Pennsylvania may not have had the highest median number for the RN applications by endorsement or exam, the Commonwealth had, again, the third highest number of days for RN applications by endorsement, and they were the second highest number of days, again, for applications by exam. So really, of all the licenses that were examined in this data set, the Commonwealth had some of the highest median number of days to approve applications of all the licenses that were examined in this particular study. I was going to say, yeah, that sounds an incredibly useful data set for this particular study. It really was a perfect one, Brian. 
And so, Frank, we have these relatively massive delays. What are some of the causes? Are there some perceived causes for why there's such a slowdown when they hit that point? Yes, Glenn. During the course of the commission's research, we focused and found that there were three primary causes for the State Board of Nursing's difficulty in the timely processing of licenses. Those broke down into the categories of volume, communication, and work process. I can give you an example of each that will be detailed throughout the report. As an example of volume, the board acknowledged that given the volume of their work, their level of manpower contributes to delays in the processing of new licenses and applications. The board oversees 300,000 licenses and has 30 employees to process the initial license application, all of the license renewals, and handle other matters across the professions that it regulates. As an example of communication, licenses reported that emails to the board went unreturned. As an example of work process, applications are processed on a first received basis and applications which need to be amended or corrected by an applicant who provides incorrect or incomplete information are not expedited. And instead they go for processing to the back of the line and have to wait and basically begin the process all over again. What changes to the background checks would you recommend as a result of your research? Well, the board requires that applicants undergo an official state criminal history record check from their current state of residence. In addition to that, the applicant needs to submit an official state criminal history check from every state in which the applicant has lived, worked, or been educated within the past five or 10 years, depending on what type of license the nurse is applying for. So essentially you have to submit that one from your home state. And then if you lived, worked, or went to school anywhere else within a previous set of years, you have to go and apply for individual criminal history checks from all of those states. So the board reported that that's often a confusion and a sticking point where applicants don't realize that they have to go back to all those individual states for the background checks. Even though they said it's well documented in their instructions, it's just something that's often overlooked and causes delays. So to remedy this error, it was recommended that the background check procedure be reformed. In the new case, it would request that the applicant supply the same check from their original state of, of residence, and then instead of the individual background checks from every state, just making an FBI background check mandatory, an applicant should no longer be required to provide state background checks from all the states where they lived, worked, or have been educated, and now it would just be the one FBI background check as a solution to all of those individual checks. Can you explain some of the difficulties that are encountered when trying to update language to an existing nursing program? One of the interesting things that was pointed out when commission staff met with many of the organizations was that there wasn't a shorter process if you just have maybe a wording change or two in an existing program. Even if it was something simple, COVID would be a perfect example of wording that had to be updated for this pandemic. Commission staff heard specific examples of how it took between 18 and 24 months to receive those program approvals. We were given one example where two previously approved programs were created, and all an institution wanted to do was merge the approved components of both programs, and that still took almost two years to get that approved. So 
reviewing the report, it seems like some of the key recommendations focus around the staffing of the board. Can you give us an example of why this is so important? Yes. Well, when we spoke to the board, as of March 2022, they had a complement, which is their total number of employees of 32, including their vacancies. The board had two significant retirements, which left that large institutional knowledge gap. And the board only had one nursing advisor, and that was one of the two key retirements. The board informed us that this report would be a great opportunity for them to present their ideal complement. And the number they gave to us was a total of 43 employees, which would be 11 more than their current complement as of March. The report details all of the specific positions that they would like to have and each of their roles of how it would help process these licenses in a timely manner. So if they can't find the funding or whatever reason for more full-time professionals, what would you recommend, Frank? If hiring additional permanent staff would not be feasible by the board, it was recommended that they should explore hiring more temporary staff during their peak times. Many programs mentioned to us that their graduation periods of December and May are fairly consistent. So these hires would be the equivalent of, say, the Department of Revenue who hires seasonal employees during tax season. The board currently does occasionally pull staff from the Commonwealth's temporary clerical pool, but that staff is not necessarily have a nursing background or the appropriate experience. So these temporary staff would possibly have that experience if they went out specifically and hired them for these high peak seasons. It sounds like based on your research, you actually expect the timing issues to increase in the near future. Why is that? Well, the American Association of Colleges of Nursing, which is responsible for ensuring quality standards for nursing education, recently published a new document named the New Essentials. The changes in this document focus on a competency-based model for nursing education, which will require many programs to submit undergraduate curriculum as well as graduate education updates to the board. So the staffing issues that we discussed previously and are outlined throughout the report will only significantly increase once these changes go into effect and institutions around the Commonwealth begin to send multiple submissions for program approval. So a recommendation in the report is to create a task force consisting of organizations representing licensed nurses, representatives from the nursing education program in schools, and representatives from the hospitals and healthcare facilities to work with the board to examine these pending updates that were established in this document and figure out a way that they can get these all approved in a timely fashion because the backlog will be enormous based on the staffing issues that we've already heard and these pending changes in the near future. So Frank, one of the recommendations in the report suggests looking at North Carolina as a potential model for Pennsylvania to look at. Could you give us a little more detail on how North Carolina handles its Board of Nursing? Sure. The state of North Carolina was mentioned as a potential model because North Carolina is the only state to actually elect its board members. So all 11 board seats are filled by members that are elected by current nurses who hold a license within the state of North Carolina versus people that are appointed by either the Senate 
or the governor. So this would be more of what we were told would be a, a fair representation of allowing the nurses to pick their board members. Thank you, Frank. It's time for us to wrap up our conversation about licensing through the Pennsylvania State Board of Nursing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Frank. Thank you very much, Glenn, Brian, Susan. It's been a wonderful experience today. If you would like to check out some of the examples and details that Frank mentioned, you will find the full report on our website and you can find the link to our website in the show notes. The music in our podcast is by Joseph McDade. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.